3: And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey, one of the MCSEs here at Tab. He comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, and we will do our best to uh, help you out with your computer problems. I know it's a beautiful day out there, um, so uh, you're probably all lined up at the dump run, getting ready for your do your dump run. I mean, in Southington, that, that, that dump is, uh, man, backed up for feels like miles. Um, so if you're sitting there in line, feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. We're also streaming live over at uh, WTIC's Facebook page. And uh, so if you want to catch us live there, you can as well. And, of course, you can watch the, the show later uh, if, if now is not a good time. Of course, we are podcasted, too, over at radio.com. Um, so if you go over to WTIC's site or even our site at Computer Talk, you can get to the podcasts. Um And they'll be available to you. It takes maybe a day or so for the podcast to get up, but let's get to your uh, normal, you know, technology talk here, Bob. What you want to bring up first?
1: Okay, you know how we're always talking about how people should buy their own router and their own Wi-Fi.
3: Yeah, routers and modems. Yep, routers and modems. Well,
1: Wi-Fi customers. This is a CNET article. Yep. Who buy their own router are happier. Study finds Mm -hmm. between rental fees and mediocre hardware. The latest uh, data from the American Customer Satisfaction Index shows that ISPs have uh, that's Internet service providers have lots of room for improvement. Yep. Most Internet service providers offer their own modem and router hardware when you sign up for an internet plan. Mm-hmm. But it's a very common piece of tech that you're better off buying your own gear. For starters, doing so might allow you to skip an obnoxious equipment rental fee. Yep. Which we've found that for the most part within 9 or 10 months or less, yeah. It you know, you you're, you break even. Mm-hmm. So anyway, what's more, buying your own router will give you the chance to upgrade to something faster and easier to use or to bring a meaningful upgrade like mesh yeah. or Wi-Fi 6 under your roof. Mm-hmm. Now that uh, that argument is getting some fresh support from American Uh, Customer Satisfaction Index, which surveys about 180,000 consumers each year about the products and services they use across dozens of industries and hundreds of companies. And the latest numbers on ISPs released earlier this week, well, they're not great. No. Uh, Specifically, the ACSI uh, surveyed in home Wi-Fi satisfaction for the first time this year, with a particular focus on how your experience differs when you use your own hardware as opposed to the default ISP hardware. Mm-hmm. The survey looked at a number of different metrics, with consumers ranking each one on a scale from one to a hundred, score for score. The customers using their own hardware came out ahead, and I'm not no. I'm not going to go any any further. But the point is that you can read this article. We're supposed yeah. to link to it. But the point is is that in almost every metric, people were happier with their own equipment right. than they were with the ISPs.
3: And richer Well, their money was in their pocket. That
1: was a part of the metric too, as well. <laughs> yeah,
3: Very good. Yeah, it's kind of a no-brainer as far as we're concerned, and uh, we highly recommend getting your own hardware uh, when you can. Speaking of ISPs, um, Southington did win the race over at GoNetSpeed. So, they, they will be expanding in Southington over East Hartford first. Sorry, East Hartford, but don't worry, they'll come here too. Um, and in that case, again, they'll provide you with the modem to connect up to their service, and you can go ahead and buy your own router.
1: You know, I went by a truck last week mm-hmm. here, about a block from here. Yep. That was a fiber truck. Oh, yeah. And I'm wondering if it was them. You I know, don't know. I don't know, but it was, you know, going there, past the library.
3: There is some other fiber that's coming into East Hartford called Sci-Fi that's a uh, some sort of municipal interface that they're doing um so we'll see how that all relates but i'm looking forward to getting it in Southington somehow <laughs> underground underground uh services are a little more tougher than they said but we'll see how that goes in other news smart fridges so we've talked about um what's that 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 speaker system that everyone uses Um uh, that wireless one ah, can't think of it right now but we talked about it um well, there's alexa no 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 the one that's uh For home theater Uh, we even have it running here at TAB Sonos thank you so Sonos actually said they were gonna stop you know supporting the older hardware right and that got people upset right they bought a speaker it's still a speaker why would you not continue to update it and support it making them buy a new version of the Sonos system well think about the same thing with a smart fridge Um, they're cool but over after a few short years you could be stuck with a brick in your kitchen the issue of technology getting into our into our appliances will mean they're no longer durable goods. <laughs> well,
1: you stop and think. Technology gets obsolete after three to five years. Completely. Exactly. So you buy a refrigerator, which is typically good from 10 to 20 years, depending on what you buy. Right. Then that technology that's built in is going to be obsolete far be- beyond, you know, before the uh, refrigerator stops cooling let's say
3: Exactly I mean LG is saying that they're going to p- apply patches but they're going to stop support after 2 years So you're going to buy this beautiful refrigerator that's smart enough to tell you that you're out of milk or you you know whatever it might be that it's smart enough to tell you but the software patches are no longer going to occur or it gets support after 2 years I mean it's worse <laughs> than I that's worse than PCs Um I mean we stand tab stands behind our systems m- long time compared to these these folks so what I'm saying is be careful you start buying smarter and smarter technology and it's great stuff right a thermostat that you can work with remotely a front door that you can control remotely you know a refrigerator that you could you know bring the, the cooling down when you're not there and bring it back up especially if it's a vacation home or something like that. that all sounds great until they stop supporting the software and you can't get updates hmm. then you're in trouble so uh, there, we really need to consider some sort of maybe uh, consumer requirements that say, look, it's the refrigerator is expected to last fifteen years, you know, or maybe even longer, but the software support can't just last two.
1: Well, I, I think that they should build in some sort of a modular system where you know, if something goes obsolete, you can swap out a, a newer module that should fit in the same spot. Yeah, like
3: a, like pl- plug in a smartphone, right? And have yeah, that could, that could be something.
1: Yeah. Doesn't have to be proprietary. Come on.
3: Now no, here's another one that I thought was kind of funny. Um, IBM had just put out a released uh, some information about their cloud that they said would never go down. <laughs> <laughs> They literally put out a, a, a whole thing about how their cloud was so resilient that it would never go down. Of course, a couple days ago, it went down for two hours.
1: You know, that's what they said about the Titanic.
3: <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Although, did you see the new thing about the Titanic? There was a raging fire on that ship. Oh, yeah. While it was steaming. And well, they kept it quiet.
1: Well, it, that fire was blazing before it left the port. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because so, it ran on coal, which yeah. they had a coal fire uh, underneath. Right. So they're not sure if it was the fire that sank it or the iceberg.
3: <laughs> well, the fire damaged a lot of the, the the steel and the rivets and all this kind of stuff. I was watching this; I was an interesting show about it. They actually didn't know that that had occurred until they went and did some work, you know, research back and and some of the writings that were done by the engineers. They they were hiding the fact that they had a massive fire happening while they were steaming, causing it, them to go awfully fast because. The engines are cranking. <laughs> so you're going to hit that iceberg at a lot faster speed than you should be because your engines are on fire. I mean the the coal. Well, look, yeah, fire. but the
1: coal was on fire in where they were storing the coal. Right,
3: but they also they had to keep chucking it in the engine to get rid of it. The only way to get rid of the burning coal was to put it where in the engines. <laughs> what happens when you do that? They go faster. So they, they couldn't. <laughs> it ran on steam. Yeah, <laughs> and they couldn't turn the ship fast enough to miss the iceberg because they're going so fast. It was just an interesting thing. But I digress. So, uh, yes, IBM has their own Titanic in the fact that they said their cloud could never fail. And they're blaming an external network provider for incorrect routing, a traffic flood for its two hour outage. And of course, the sub headline in here is. No data loss or attack detected. But aren't hyperscale clouds supposed to be more resilient than this? <laughs> uh, we'll put the link up here for you. But the point is, you know, the moment you say you can't go down is when you will. And it, it just never say never. Yeah. And make sure you don't have your your engines on fire when you're the Titanic. <laughs> it's
1: Before crazy. you leave port. <laughs> exactly.
3: It's so crazy. So we're gonna be here till eleven o'clock. Uh, feel free to get online. We have four lines wide open, it looks like. We're also streaming. I got a bunch of folks watching us on the stream feel free to get on that over at uh, WTIC's Facebook page but uh, we're gonna be here till 11 one WTIC 522 WTIC everything we have talked about will be posted live over at computer talk we'll be right back and we are back this is computer talk with tab we got a couple lines open for you feel free to get online and uh, we've got, uh, I think it's Adrian. I've got these new, new glasses now, and I actually can see better. <laughs> so uh, Adrian is uh, out there from Westfield, New Jersey. What's going on, Adrian?
4: Hi, good morning, and thank you for your show and for taking my call. Our pleasure. So, <laughs> thanks. I, I made a switch from an Android to an iPhone after having to replace, like, four phones okay. in three years. Yeah. Um, I got my phone from Metro because they've been you know, pretty good It's $50 a month. So the girl says to me, um, you know, you get a free line on your Android phone. It's good for 10 years, and it has free data and, and free texting, everything, hmm. but it's good for 10 years. And so, you know, so that, that phone is still active as, as well as my iPhone. But I, don't, I can't imagine Metro being or any of these carriers being benevolent. So I, <laughs> I, I try to return it. And okay. the gal there said, "Oh, it's, she, honey, it's um, it's it's still new. You have to come back in a month. So I want to get your take on that, please." So
3: wait a minute. So you're saying they they you moved the Android, and these folks are going to offer you a, an additional line for free for ten years, and you're a little skeptical?
4: Well, yeah, because it's a it's a member from um, it's an exchange from Georgia, and okay. I'm getting text messages for Dalton School District to enroll my child, and it's like, what is this about?
3: Oh, that is a little weird. Okay, so you have a Georgian number they gave you, and they said, hey, it's yours for free. Have fun. Um, right. That is weird. Uh, I don't know. Why do you want to return the phone? Is it also not working well for you?
4: Oh, no. My iPhone is fine. That's separate. Oh, right. But this right. line is a free line on my Android, and they said, if I knew someone, I wanted to help someone out, give them the line.
3: That's weird. And of course, I don't. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I would if you're. Why do you need a Georgia Exchange anyways if you're in New Jersey? So right. I agree with you. Get rid of it. I have no idea what the the one month thing that she's talking about is. You should be able to cancel whatever you need to cancel whenever you want to, right? I mean, yeah. you're getting you're getting away from them anyways by going yeah, well, to by going to the iPhone. My
4: iPhone is still with Metro.
3: Oh, it is okay, but yeah. they'll only give you the free line on the Android side. On the Android side, right? <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense either. I don't know. That's a bizarre one. I agree with you. If you don't need that exchange, I would get rid of it, too. You don't. Okay. It, oh, we don't need do more robocalls coming from additional lines, do we?
4: Right, and then having to hold on to that phone and make sure no one takes it. And yeah, it's
3: everything. not worth it. I agree with you. Turn it off, get it off. Uh, it does sound a little strange. Um, I do think they're trying to help you. They're trying to offer you something, but, again, it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense in your case. Yeah, they're going
4: to give me a $50 discount. i it like that. There we go. would be great.
3: Yeah, there you go. Well, 50, how much you pay a month now for their service?
4: Well, it's $50 a month for Metro. And for me, it's, you know, it's everything. It's everything. Yep. It just goes to my phone and I just pay it. Sounds good. And so I paid for the iPhone straight out. Yeah. But then, you know, and it wasn't on any kind of discount. But And so, you know, I, I'm waiting for my book to come for iPhone for, for dummies because <laughs> I have no clue. And my <laughs> son's like, oh, I'll show you, no problem. I can't even figure out how to make a phone call practically. <laughs>
3: so. You sound she's like my wife. You sound like my wife with her Android, which she's had for 15 years. She's like the worst phone user too. So, but the book should help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is.
4: Well, thank you. You guys are great too. Because I always go to your site and get everything. So, mm-hmm. thank you very much.
3: Our pleasure. I'm glad you do. Good luck. Thanks. Bye. 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 Yeah, it's a weird one there, huh? Um Austin here on the on the live stream is asking about uh smart TVs. He's because I we had talked about the fact that appliances are becoming smarter and smarter. And I will tell you, uh this is Austin over there on the uh Facebook feed. I will tell you that you you know, yes, smart TVs are gonna have the same problem, right? You buy this smart TV and then the manufacturer decides to stop updating it. Um and from my experience I'd recommend not caring about the fact that the TV is smart, and buying your device separately, whether it be an NVIDIA Shield or a Roku or a Fire Stick. That way the TV can just be stupid, like they all are. Just
1: don't bother with the smart piece.
3: Exactly. I and mean, who cares then if they don't update the software? Also, by them, by you not using that technology, the manufacturer of the TV is not selling your data as far as what you're watching and what you're doing. <laughs> Which is the reason they're they in the business. They wouldn't do that, would they? Ah, yeah, they would. <laughs> yeah, they would. All right, let's go on to uh, Ken out there in Windsor. What's going on, Ken?
5: Well, you know, this Internet of Things, it's it's pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, we put a, a, a lot of Internet of Things thing in our house, uh, the cameras and the uh, thermostats and the lights and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. A- and we travel a lot, so we're not here. Sure. Now, we'd go to check on our house, and you can't get to the thermostat. You can't get to the light. You can't get to the cameras. (laughs) So, you know, usually the solution is reboot your your router, right? Right. So should I put my router on a timer and have it shut itself off at midnight and come back on at 2 o'clock every day just to make sure it's rebooting regularly? You have a great –
3: it's a great question. There is technology out there, and I'll go look it up. There's a manufacturer out there that has a device that can go in line with your modem and router. What it does is it detects whether or not your internet's up or down. And if it detects that your internet is down, it'll reboot the device for you. So you don't your idea of putting on a timer is a is a solution, but turning your router off and on every day, it's probably not good for it. Um but if I could find that device, which I will look up, it's smart enough to detect whether or not the internet's on. And if it's not on it, says, Oh, I guess I got a reboot. And then it'll reset the uh the modem and the router for you. So that would solve that issue.
5: Well, yeah, I was even wondering, do I have to have separate timers to shut them off in sequence to turn the modem off and the router off and any other devices and then turn them back on in sequence, you know, with a slight delay?
3: Yep, I think this device does that for you, too. Okay. Because you're right, the sequence can matter.
5: Yeah, because I don't have anybody I can call up and say, hey, go over to my house and go turn the modem off or the router off and reboot it for
3: me, would you? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I hear you. That's a big problem with the Internet of Things, especially if you, if you can't get to the Internet. <laughs> You're kind of done. <laughs> so yeah. I'll put it – go ahead, Wint. Go ahead, Ken.
5: Yeah I, yeah, I would appreciate it if you'd put that up there. I got another quick question for you, if okay. I
3: could. Real quick, we're going to come up against the break, but go ahead.
5: Okay, have you ever heard of a, a thing that runs in the background called Microsoft Office Click to Run?
3: Yeah, click-to-run is a flavor of install- installer, but go ahead, Bob.
5: Well, yeah, that well. thing is that thing is running all the time in the background. It's, it's really heating up my processor and running my fans because it, my computer's doing nothing else. It used to sit there nice and quiet, but now it's no longer doing that. And every time I try to kill that, it, it just keeps reinstalling itself or rebooting itself.
3: Okay, that's a problem. though. That's different. You should not have it chew up CPU cycles. We can do some research on why that would be happening, but Click to Run is a different. It's a flavor. We're looking right here as far as what we see. We actually found an answer for you. We think, right, Bob?
1: Yes, I'm uh, reading it now Let's see if it's. Uh, yeah,
5: because relevant. you know, I I put in a you know a solid state drive and it's a, a laptop. And it was always real quiet because it never required the fans anymore. It just didn't get that hot. Oh, right. only time the fans would come on is if you were driving the video or something, you right. know, real hard. Yeah, but but now now I, I come to round my computer and I hear the fans running all the time and I go in the. Yep. Uh,
3: well, hang on, so Ken. We running. might have an answer for you. We we'll have an answer
1: for you. We'll post a link to
3: it. Yeah, we'll put a link up at Computer Talk. We have an answer. We're coming up against a break here. Want to give them a quick right. a quick synopsis as to what it is, Bob?
1: Well, it says down at the bottom there's a process you got to run. Oh, all so, right. So yeah, something's stuck. It says uh, there's a bunch of things you got to do. All
3: right. Yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> there you oh, go. Bunch me. of stuff you gotta do, Ken. We'll put the link up there for you at Computer Talk. We're gonna step out for a quick break. Thank you for being on the line. Couple lines open for you. We're here till eleven o'clock. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we are live until 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. And uh, we did find the information for that last caller. We had the uh, click-to-run issue. Basically, it looks like it's a cache that builds up. And there are a lot of, as Bob said before the break, there's a lot of stuff you got to do to clear it. Um, but we put the link up there for you. Uh, it's a bit of a, uh, a bunch of bunch of things you got to do here to take care of that, that cache. Right, Bob?
1: Yeah. It's basically six steps. Yeah.
3: So... It's on there for you. Go take a look at it. Again, Microsoft and their and their technology. For some reason, if it if it gets too large, it causes that exact issue you're experiencing. Um, so it is what it is. Also, I did put the link up there for that net reset device for the caller who wanted to deal with resetting his modem. I'm trying to find the smarter one out there. The one that I was I physically could see in my mind uh, was a more of a timer than a, a device that's smart enough to detect the outage and then force the reboot. So it would actually reboot the, the modem and the router every 24 hours, which I'm not so sure is a good thing for the hardware. But you can do it. It's not going to kill it, I guess. But let me try to find the smarter one as well, where it actually will detect the outage and say, okay, i got to reboot this because I can't see any Wi-Fi anymore. Uh, that's probably a smarter way to go as far as I'm concerned, if I can find it. So I'll keep looking. Uh, let's get to your calls, though. We're going to go to uh, Jack in Middletown next. What's going on, Jack? Good morning. Morning.
6: Uh, I'm one of those guys who knows just not to be dangerous, if you know what I mean.
3: Yeah, we've got plenty of those that we know.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, my teenage son gave me in one of his older laptops. He got a new one. All right. The thing is, you know, a decent rig. It's it's an HP Windows 10. Yep. About four, maybe five years old. Okay. The thing runs extremely slow. Uh-oh. And when I say extreme, I mean extreme. Even uh, for you. Uh, Even for you, Jack, right?
3: <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> Even for you, the guy that's dangerous.
6: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I thought, well, I'm, I, I've tried, you know, Ready Boost. I've tried deleting. A, he's got a ton of games on this thing. I've deleted or tried to uninstall a lot of programs. Even uninstalling them takes forever. Yep. So, I got a couple of new USB flash drives, and I'm sitting here thinking, I may want to go to Radical, reset this whole machine back to factory spec, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure how to do that. I've never actually done that. I- I'm sure there's a way, but my fear is, you know, what can possibly go wrong? Well, as far as I know, a lot. Right. <laughs> so, I want to back this thing up. Is there a built-in Windows backup program?
1: Well, yes, there is, but there's uh, the other solution. I'll get to that in a second. The first question I would ask you is, what's the processor that you have in your laptop, and uh, well, how much me- how much memory do you have? How much RAM? Yeah,
6: yeah. I wish I I wish I could tell you off the top of my head. Uh, it's probably uh, maybe
1: eight RAM. I'm so- not
6: sure. Okay. It's, not, it's, not, it's not old. It's, it's an Intel. I don't know which, you know. Right, uh, but if
1: it's an i3, it may be an issue there. Right. And the other thing that I would say is, you know, you can, uh, you should be able to re- reload this if it uh, hasn't been uh, reloaded already. Uh, in your menu, there should be an HP option to reset it back to factory rather than try to go through it manually, which will typically work very well. Okay. And that would get rid of everything and be it the way it was when uh, HP shipped it.
3: Right. So backing it up is important. Now, now, like Bob said, there is a built-in Windows backup. But what are you really backing up, Jack? Are you looking to back up um, pictures, documents? Have you even done anything on this computer since your son gave it to you?
6: No. That's the thing. That's the other reason I'm calling. I've I've done a lot with the computers, and I just realized sitting down, you know, like last night, Wait a minute, I've never actually backed up any computer.
3: <laughs> You're lucky you I haven't really needed to restore.
6: Hell I'm doing. I'm thinking, I know you got to back up your, everybody says back up your data. Well, as far as I know, everything on this thing is data.
3: Ah, good point. It can be confusing. Data is right. things like Excel spreadsheets that you've worked on, Word documents, pictures, you know, your yeah. specific material. That's data. Applications can be reloaded from disk or by download. So you don't necessarily need to back those up because yeah. you can reload them and most people would prefer to reload them rather than restore them from a backup, uh, especially on I an individual think. PC. Yeah. So if you have no data on this laptop, you don't have to worry about it. But going forward, you've got the external drives. You've got a couple of them. If you yeah. start noting, you know, noting where you put your data, you know, your pictures, your Word documents, your Excel spreadsheets, which directory you use, you can then on occasion, do a manual copy now. By doing it manually, you're going to put it off like most humans do, and before you know it, you're six months in, and then it crashes. You lose six months worth of data. Yeah. You can then, if that, so if that doesn't sit well with with you, I would I would agree it shouldn't. You want to get a program. Or you can use the Windows program to just target the the data directory and send the data on a regular basis to a uh, USB drive. That's fine, but you have to swap it. You have to use an A and a B at least so that one drive is disconnected from that computer, so you don't get infected with ransomware that causes the entire thing to be encrypted. If you ha- uh, if you get encrypted, you can't re- you can't get back because it's- your drive will be encrypted too. How would it get encrypted? Well, you are going to get tricked because somebody's going to send you an email that says, "Hey, Jack, this is uh, EasyPass. Click here for the new update." And boom, it'll hit and and ransom your entire computer because you are going to hit be hit with a phishing scheme. It's just a matter of time. Um, a lot of people get tricked by this stuff, and uh, it could be a, an email that says, "Hey, you got a UPS delivery; it's coming," uh, or and you're going to say, "I don't, I don't, I don't have any of that." Or it's going to be uh "Hey, here's your invoice. Please click here to check out your invoice." The moment you click on that attachment, it's going to deliver a payload that ransoms your computer.
6: Right, right, right. I'm always careful with that.
3: You so- can be as careful as you want to be, but the only way to get back is backup.
6: Right. Now it it would be a bootable drive if i in this
3: uh not necessarily um you you would just back up your data your data is not bootable because it's not an operating system okay. and right. and again you don't care about that because you would reload the operating system from scratch either right. from the recovery portion of the hp um computer or you'd yeah. have to ask them to send you disks yeah would would they do that
1: ah uh, depending maybe and they probably charge you a little fee. Or much modest.
3: Yeah, it's just the discs yeah. for the operating yeah. system. So,
1: so
6: I would lose my passwords. I would lose what? I don't know.
3: I would. Lose well, your stuff. password is just your password is just what you use to get into the operating system. When you reload everything, you're
1: starting 40. from scratch. You're going to set your password to whatever you want it to be. Right. And the other thing oh. is, I would avoid using the ReadyBoost because I really don't think you need it. Yeah. After after Vista, yeah. I, I don't think it was necessary.
6: Yeah, it's not working anyway, yeah. Right. So, Already, I'm, I think I'm going to erase this whole thing and go for it. I don't well, know. Be-
3: Before you do that, too, though, download Malwarebytes to see if uh, you might have malware running in the background.
6: Yeah. I'm
3: and sure. double-check to see if you have an pro- uh, uh, i3 processor. If you have a real low-end processor, you know, you can't make a tricycle go much faster. It
1: could be a Pentium, too.
3: It could be, yeah. You know, who knows if? Penny it, also, yeah. If the, if it's a low-end processor, you're gonna do spend all sorts of time, and you may not get anywhere as far as speed goes.
6: Maybe it is an i3. It might be, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So
3: he he gave you something that really is, you know, something that was great for him, maybe. But going on, you're not going to be. Well, happy maybe that's with. why he gave it away. Yeah. <laughs> hey, here you go, Dad.
6: Yeah, he, he actually did this himself in the past. He he reset it, and he reset. He reinstalled all these games, and there's like 40 of them, and uh, a lot of programs that I just don't need. Of course.
3: Games are not going to slow it down, though. Pardon? Games are not going to slow it down. Having games on the computer doesn't slow it down. It's like having a bunch of stuff in your trunk of your car. It doesn't stop you from going 65.
6: Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so that Windows program I should use is water. Could you put a link up, or...
3: The Windows program you should – oh, for the Windows backup, it's built right in. You can just do a search on backup if you want to use the Windows backup. And then the HP utility will have a restoration option for you. So as long as it's an HP device, there should be an HP utility that gives you the ability to restore or, or get you back to factory fresh.
6: Right, 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 right. Okay, I really appreciate your help.
3: All right, Jack, good luck.
6: Okay.
3: All right.
1: Um, we had a couple of questions on uh, Facebook on thing the that We could we could answer.
3: We have to go to a break first, though. But if it's a quick one, go ahead. Do you have a quick answer?
1: Okay, uh, Tom, he had a question down there. He can't download .NET Framework three point five, and he mm-hmm. said Microsoft was useless. Mm-hmm. Well, if you open uh, Programs and Features, and uh, you know, go to uh, Microsoft Options. There's a, you can there's a click in there. Where you can uh, actually enable it. It's actually built into the operating system. So you can actually click that and load the .NET 3.5.
3: Built into the operating system at first. All right, very good. Hope that helps you, Tom. We're going to step out for a quick break. Feel free to get online. We have a couple lines open for you, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab, and we think we might have found the device that is the smart one, where it kind of detects the outage that it doesn't it doesn't sense your Wi-Fi anymore, and it'll power cycle your router and your modem. Um, so we'll put a link up there for that as well. And I think it's a smarter thing to do rather than power cycling it every every 24 hours. That seems a little harsh, um, but uh, that should work. We'll put a link up there for you as well. Let's go to um, who's been out there the longest. Want to refresh that for me, Bob? Sure. Da, da, da. We've got uh, Craig in Litchfield next. Hey, Craig. Hey, good morning. How are you? Doing fine. How are you, sir?
2: Good, thank you. Hey, I have a an older hard drive I bought. It's a one terabyte yeah. hard drive, and when I bought it, quite a few years ago. Probably, I don't know, three, four years ago or more. You know, unfortunately, I did a system restore. So I copied all my encrypted kind of all my data onto this hard drive. Yeah. So now when I plug it into my new computer or go to, you know, over the past couple of years now, I've been just copying the specific files like I should have. Mm-hmm. But now to retrieve some of that old data that was kind of encrypted during the restore, you know, it's all there's just so much of it. How do I go back and see specific files or how can I retrieve those yeah. files yeah. from the encrypted ones?
3: It's not encrypted, though. You're really What you're saying is that you use the tool to back it up, and it produced yeah. a file you can't read. Correct. So you need to restore with the tool you use to back it up. It's kind of the catch-22 of backup yeah. technology. You just can't yep. plug it in and read the file. So if you don't have that backup software anymore, there is yep. nothing I can tell you to do. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yep. Go ahead.
2: If I do that software and I and I do a system restore to get that data back onto my new computer, yeah. is that going to mess up my new computer?
3: Yes, it can. Uh, you have yeah. to make sure you selectively restore. So you got to go with it. When, when you bring up the file using the tool you use to back it up, it should it should yep. kind of not decrypt but, but um, read the data and say, okay, okay. Craig, here's here's what we've got backed up for you. Why don't you select the drives and the folders? You should okay. be able to drill down and select the files and folders you would you choose to restore.
2: Yeah, okay.
1: And you sense. you can restore them to the original location, or you can choose to restore them to a different location. So you yeah. could create a new folder and just restore it back into that folder where you could read it. Ah, uh, okay.
3: And then, then right. you could choose to put it somewhere else and move it around. But don't do a full system restore because maybe it was backed right. up under Windows 7 and now you've got a Windows 10 computer, right?
2: Right, correct. Yep.
3: So you got to use the tool, unfortunately. Um, but it yep. is just the, the the issue of backup. you got to make sure... Just because you've got a backup doesn't mean you have anything you can actually use until you understand how to restore. Right. Okay.
2: That makes right. sense. Thank you very much.
3: All right. Thank you, Craig. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Uh, bye. But it's important. It's an important point, folks, because uh, a lot of folks do their backup diligently, <laughs> but they don't have the tool set aside separately because you're going to have to restore that tool first onto your new computer or your repaired computer, whatever happened to your machine, so that it can then read the data that it's backed up for you so that I can bring it back. Um, You just can't stick the hard drive in and say, go go back and fix computer, please. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) (laughs) You mean they're not that smart? No.
1: (laughs) Why not? (laughs) I know.
3: If you do a simple copy and paste, then the data will be written, readable, I should say, and uh, that'll be easier. But, again, being a manual process, you really can't trust yourself as a human to do it regularly. So, you could also do a, I guess, a scheduled X copy, right?
1: You well, could, that works. You could do that. Yeah. Um, We're getting into geek them. Nah, I know, I know.
3: <laughs> Either way, it's always a, it's always a, an issue to deal with. Let's go to Danny in Bristol next. Hey, Danny.
0: Hi. How you doing? I'm calling on behalf of my daughter. Lives up in the Berkshires, and um, she has a um, had an S uh, Samsung seven phone. All right. And uh, mysteriously, in the midst of a text, everything went dead. She's been dealing with Verizon all week and has not been getting much. What is critical? Much was re- was um, saved. Uh, they were able to get it on the new phone, but um, calendar and note, uh, calendar and memo, seemed to be into the abyss. She oh, thought boy. she was backed up in the cloud. Oh yeah. But um, everything, everything was able to be, re- uh, you know reclaimed except these two critical files that she has. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you have any thoughts. She's at uh, she's at Verizon for the third time this week down in Lenox, and they told her this morning that somewhere, somewhere along the line either a tech at the store or she hit factory reset, which sounds like the death knell.
3: Yep, that would be the death knell um, because what happens then is the synchronization then goes to the cloud and you overwrite your data. Where no. you right? It'll synchronize back up to the cloud, saying you've got nothing. Yeah, that that's definitely what could have happened. Um, the cloud may not offer versioning. This back, I've never checked on this myself. I've never had this issue, so I couldn't tell you whether or not the uh, the Google Cloud uh, actually saves versions of your calendar. But it would seem to me that it may not have. So when she when they restored her phone, or they re, or they factory reset the information it then synchronized back up to the cloud, the cloud said, oh, okay, I see you got a new calendar file with nothing in it. I'll make sure I back that up. Oh, boy. And what it does, it could overwrite the, the the data that was there. That's an issue with synchronization always a, that always can occur, depending on who's the master and who's the the uh, slave of the, of the equation.
0: Why would other things have been uh, able to be restored, like photos and things like that?
3: Well, like you said, if they downloaded the data and, and synchronized it and got it on there correctly, and then somehow somebody clicked factory reset on the on the uh, calendar portion of it, or they did it twice, like they screwed up. Because if you see these guys, they'll plug it in there behind the counter, and it'll do, it's do its thing. And maybe something broke or an error occurred. Maybe the guy says, "Oh, I'll factory reset." Maybe the sync happens, and that causes the issue. I don't know, but something obviously happened where the cloud thinks she has no data up there. And I don't I don't think she's going to get it back um, uh, because it's, if it's not there, it's not there. Yeah, that's well, just, that's
0: what she's been told. As of about a half hour ago, uh, yeah. that's what they told her. So I just yeah. thought you guys, I uh, listen to you every Saturday, I thought uh, maybe you'd have a, a magic answer like the wizard.
3: Yeah, we're unfortunately we're bound by the same rules as the guys that were behind the counters trying to get her data back. If If you synchronize a blank file as a backup, that's your file to restore. So somehow that occurred. So they made an error in the restoration or or who knows what happened or that file was just damaged in the backup or what have you but no, i don't have any magic for you it's all a matter of what you have for for backup data for us to restore
0: yeah. i appreciate it. i got one quick question last saturday a gentleman called and told and said something about an an app that allowed uh, one to watch a satellite going over their house if you put in your <laughs> coordinates
3: Yes, that was our resident groupie, Danny. And it had to do with the Starlink satellites that are up that Elon Musk is chucking up there in the uh, atmosphere. Yep. And bas- I have to go back and look what it was. I don't think we posted it as a link, but there is some sort of Starlink tracker. Um, I probably can do a search for it and put a link up there for you so you can actually track where the satellites are flying overhead.
0: Beautiful. I couldn't hear it. Uh, I didn't have my hearing aids in. so Okay, thank you. appreciate it.
3: All right, Danny. You're welcome. I wish we could help you more.
0: Oh, you did. You gave me some
3: answers. Thank All right.
1: Yeah. Bye bye. Um, real quick, Tom was having problems with what we said, so I put a link up uh, for him for how to install the .NET, and it gives you four different options to try.
3: Very good. Oh, Tom over the, yeah, the net.
1: from uh, the Facebook.
3: Very good. Yeah, we are we are live broadcasting live over at WTIC's Facebook page. Feel free to follow us there. Put a little comment there, share it out. It helps us so that Zuckerberg sees that people are interested. If you don't, if nobody comments or shares, you know Zuckerberg will be like, "eh, it's not a big deal." But if he sees that you guys are out there commenting and sharing, um, it'll get a higher amount of folks to look at it. So feel free to do that if you could. And everything we've talked about has been posted over at ComputertalkwithTab.com. We got a couple lines open for you, so stick around during the news. 966 WTIC five two two WTIC are the numbers, and we'll be right back.